2: Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's new stay-at-home order to fight COVID-19 begins today. A new mandate will require all of us to wear a mask in public when social distancing is not an option.
0: Testing, tracing, and PPE are key to our ability to reopen our economy and keep people safe. A second
1: lawsuit is now challenging Governor J.B. Pritzker's authority to issue consecutive stay-at-home
2: orders. The Chicago Housing Solidarity Pledge brings all of us together to address this unprecedented challenge and to provide clear guidance on this critical issue.
1: We're going to talk about those stories you just heard and more on our Friday News Roundup. With us today, WTTW political correspondent Amanda Vinicky. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Jen. Also with us, Chicago Tribune City Hall reporter, John Byrne. Hi, John. Welcome back to the program. Hey, how are you? Doing okay. So, Amanda, I'll start with you. What are the latest COVID-19 numbers in Illinois?
2: 52,918 positive cases total with 2,355 deaths total. And so those, those are our numbers. Again, those are updated every day, but we have been seeing these increased steadily, even though they had been at a point where we, it was kind of looking like we were slowing down, that has certainly not been the case of late.
1: Well, changes to the state's stay-at-home order go into effect today, and that includes a new mask requirement. Here's a clip of Governor Pritzker explaining how that will work.
0: Adults and, and any children over the age of two and everyone medically able to tolerate a face covering will be required to wear one in any public place where they can't maintain a six-foot social distance.
1: John, talk about some of the other changes we're going to see in Illinois starting today.
0: So
3: in addition to the, the face-covered stuff, we've got uh, uh, the expansion of what we consider essential businesses. So like garden centers can open now, greenhouses and trees. So like I know everyone's going to try to get tomatoes this weekend, but don't because it's still too cold. I think animal grooming places can open now. And then and then there's also a rule about religious gatherings if you have a religious gathering of no more than 10 people uh that's going to be allowed too but in chicago uh the lakefront stays closed the mayor lightfoot said and also while uh i think golf courses in other places may be opening um like mayor lightfoot says chicago golf courses will
0: remain closed too
1: Well, Governor Pritzker is facing pushback from Republicans over his stay-at-home order. And a handful of GOP-led states are starting to reopen their economies. We saw tensions flare up yesterday during a protest at the Michigan State Capitol. Amanda, how is this playing out in Illinois?
2: I am not at the Capitol right now, but one of my former colleagues from the State House just tweeted out a video where he estimated there are about a 1,000 people at in front of the Illinois Capitol right now protesting, many of whom are close together and face masks are a rarity. There have also been some protests that, particularly considering the population in Chicago, are pretty small, but increasing in size and I think increasing in vitriol. People are becoming tired of staying at home. And I also think that this is becoming increasingly political. As you noted, Jen, it's not all Republicans, but there have been particularly two members of the Illinois House that have brought legal action. And as to John's point earlier, in terms of that, the the new guidance on religious services, that's new. We had gotten some copies of what the new May executive order was going to be, and previously there hadn't been anything singled out for religious services. That was included yesterday after a lawsuit from a church in the Rockford area had sued Governor Pritzker for basically separation of church and state and saying that they believe that it is unconstitutional, that they weren't allowed to hold worshiping services, due to the coronavirus executive mandate that had been in place prior. So this is certainly ramping up, and expectations are that we will continue, I think, to, to, to see that occur. And there is also a regional divide. Yes, there is, this is happening in Chicago, but... We are seeing, of course, more of those cases in Chicago, where more of the people in the state live. And downstate, there are those who are incredibly frustrated that they aren't being given more opportunities to make decisions locally about what they can open up. It, the, the only real local decisions that can be made are to be more stringent, as we're seeing Mayor Lightfoot do in the city. They want to be able to go in the opposite direction.
1: And just to remind everyone, there are actually three lawsuits right now. The first lawsuit is from State Representative Darren Bailey, and he's seeking an exemption from the state's stay-at-home order for himself. There's a second suit from State Representative John Cabello seeking to lift the order for everyone in the state. And then that third lawsuit you mentioned, Amanda, uh, from the church arguing that Pritzker's executive order demonstrates, quote, illegal and discriminatory hostility to religious practice, churches, and people of faith. Governor Pritzker was livid. He, He called the litigation, both irresponsible and also reckless. That was specifically in reference to Representative Bailey's lawsuit.
0: Let's take a listen. There would have been thousands more deaths in the state, and there will be thousands of deaths if this executive order is not allowed to proceed. Um, So it is reckless in the extreme for a state representative who should know better to bring a lawsuit like that, uh, that he knows might have a terrible effect on the health and safety of people all across the state. That's what's reckless. Just got an update here that
1: people are also protesting at Thompson Center today. John, how did this public health crisis become a partisan issue?
3: You've got a, a Democratic governor and a Democratic mayor, both of whom have, have been pretty strong in their condemnations of uh, the federal response to this and have taken a harder line and have kind of led the way on doing a lot of these closings. So in our current climate, they pretty quickly become targets and sort of the face of this this whole stay-at-home movement in, in the state. So you've got Republican groups there. I think you know, there are several dozen people at the Thompson Center uh, right now. It's not a huge group. I, I The latest numbers I saw were like and maybe 50 or 60, 70 people outside the thompson center giving speeches there are people in cars driving around the thompson center beeping their horns calling for the the state to be open as well and when you've got all when you've got such a a heavily democratic state um then you know republican groups are going to going to see this and 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 the president has been supportive of these uh movements around the country to to call for reopening so that that has driven some of the partisanship as well
2: i think that this really puts on display a divide that has frankly, long been present in Illinois, and it is. we we can think of it as partisan, but we can also think of it as philosophical, and I I think that there are people, if you look in the Chicago area, President Trump is very unpopular, but in southern Illinois, he has backers who very much believe that he is doing the right thing, voted for him for president, and continue to back him, so it's in part Political, but it is, again, just a true philosophical way of seeing things and how the virus is playing out. You look at unemployment rates, I think that is different and something to point out also, wanted to be clear. The Darren Daly suit, interestingly, this morning at about 10 a.m., he took action asking for the decision to be vacated. So after he got all of this attention and made waves, He's asking the court to release that, and his statement says he talked about new documentation recently uncovered without citing what that is. He says the governor's office and Department of Public Health failed to provide by public law. We feel it is in the best interest to voluntarily ask the appellate court to vacate the temporary restraining order. He says he plans to file an amended complaint, so bringing this back to circuit court there in Clay County where his original case was held and he says that he plans to continue to pursue this but he is now apparently asking for the order which releases him from governor Pritzker's stay at home executive order to be basically tossed
1: but he's still pursuing an exemption from the stay at home order
2: he's apparently going to file a new case and take new legal action he's asking that the the current case that he put forward Basically, be nullified. Again, this is new and somewhat confusing. (laughs) Um, And the other lawsuits that you have filed by Representative Cabello is not on that fast track. So at this point it seems that the place where we should really look for the courts is for this religious ruling which despite the changes to the May executive order that do give uh, some freedom specifically to religious institutions, that is a case that is going to be going forward uh, in short order.
1: Well, Illinois is one of seven Midwest states that pledged to work together to safely reopen their economies. But we're starting to see a disconnect here. Indiana, for example, is expected to end restrictions any day now. John, talk about the impact that could have on the region as a whole.
3: Well, obviously, you know, unless you're going to put up uh, walls at the at the state line, you've got people who are crossing into Illinois, particularly from from Indiana, which is, you know, parts of Northwest Indiana are basically South suburbs of Chicago. So there's a lot of back and forth across state lines. Uh, and, and if you believe the concerns about the way this could be spread, then if people are out and about in Indiana and then crossing over into into Chicago, then that, that could obviously... Uh, exacerbate the spread in Chicago and and i'm sure that the uh the governor would rather governor pritzker would rather his neighbors in other states uh toe the line and and have some consistency but i think uh uh you'll see the governor possibly facing additional pressure from people in illinois who say look indiana's opened up their economy is uh reopening now so let's get with the program otherwise illinois could fall behind other states in the recovery part of this
1: now, Amanda, you reported that the last time Illinois lawmakers were in Springfield was on March 5th. And there's a, an interesting uh, piece of law that, that says they have to meet in person. So basically, they would have to meet in person before they could actually meet virtually. They'd have to change the rules. Is there any plan at this point for them to return to the Capitol?
2: No, actually, the Democratic leaders of the legislature have been remarkably silent on what their plan is, and when they do believe that the General Assembly should be back in in session, they are citing safety concerns. They're increasingly getting pushback there from Republicans who say, hey, Other essential workers, retailers are going to work every day using social distancing guidelines and masks and other legislative bodies have met as well, including Congress. We can do this. Then again, it is not clear what exactly they will do once they get there. There are legislators meeting virtually. I describe them as basically committees, except for unlike a traditional legislative committee, journalists and members of the public can't be part of them. They're these working groups where they're, discussing plans for post-pandemic and the budget and what they are going to do but at this point I haven't heard of anything really to come of that nor any calendar for when legislators will begin to make those public or go to Springfield to discuss them at this point again Republicans say that it's past time they, they want to get back there and they want more input they say this has been too much by executive fiat uh, the reaction to the coronavirus but Nothing really from either Speaker Madigan or President Harmon on that front.
1: You're listening to the Friday News Roundup here on Reset. When we break down the week's top stories, our panel today includes Amanda Vinicky of WTTW and John Byrne of the Chicago Tribune. Some other stories we're watching today. A federal appeals court in Chicago says the Trump administration policy of threatening to withhold grant money from sanctuary cities violates separation of powers provisions. Yesterday's ruling also says a freeze of that policy should extend nationwide. The Chicago Police Department says robberies, burglaries, and thefts declined by double digits last month. CPD says they saw a 30% decline in overall crime for April compared to the same month last year. And Ravinia, the oldest music festival in the nation, has canceled its 2020 season due to concerns over COVID-19. Anyone who bought tickets can receive refunds or vouchers for future performances or convert those funds into a tax-deductible donation. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Illinois residents are now required to wear face coverings in places where it's difficult to maintain a safe distance. Amanda, how is the city making sure there are enough masks to go around?
2: We are seeing aldermen get involved in that, members of the state legislature, community organizations, and the mayor's office. They're all seeking to Purchase, distribute, receive donations. I know last week I covered a story with Joanne Fabrics donating to really try and get them particularly in the the west side and to seniors. But this is something that our elected officials have recognized as an issue that not everybody may be able to easily get a hold of a mask there are of course plenty of instructions on youtube you can use a handkerchief you can use a t-shirt but perhaps that's not an option for everyone so there are a whole lot of drives but that is something that i know i will be watching going forward hearing from individuals that say that they're still having a hard time to have something that is considered proper protection
1: Well, on Tuesday, former mayoral candidate Willie Wilson pledged to give away 20,000 disposable masks to each alderman who came downtown to get them. John, how did this go over with Mayor Lightfoot?
3: The mayor sort of brushed it off. Uh, Obviously, she's had sort of a prickly relationship with uh, Wilson since her election. So when she was asked about his particular drive to, to give away these masks, she said, well, we've got a lot of people giving away masks. I, I don't have the bandwidth to be paying attention to every single drive. we like to thank everybody who's giving away masks, but then she right after that said, but I will say I did see some people at that uh, giveaway and they weren't standing far enough away from each other. So that's not social distancing. So that's a problem. So mm-hmm. obviously she was paying some attention to it. It's got to rankle the mayor a little bit because Wilson's out here saying, he came out a few weeks ago and said, hey, I'll sell the city some masks. And the mayor said, well, he he wants a bunch of cash up front. I'm not doing that with taxpayer money. And Wilson came back and said, I, I didn't ask for cash up front. I don't know what she's talking about. Nobody got back to me. Okay, I'm just going to go right to the alderman. And a bunch of aldermen did show up, not all of them, but, you know, a 20 aldermen, something like that, showed up at the Thompson Center to take away their their boxes of masks. Meanwhile, the mayor's saying, well, we're going to put out an RFP and we're going to get some cloth masks and we're going to do this. And and, and, and Wilson's saying, well, I'm just going to go direct to the people. So my impression is it it hasn't gone over great with the mayor. She doesn't really love the fact that uh, uh, Willie Wilson is going direct to aldermen without uh, bringing City Hall into this.
1: Well, as we know, today is the first of the month and Mayor Lightfoot is calling on landlords to help ease the burden on renters during this time. Let's listen.
2: The Chicago Housing Solidarity Pledge brings all of us together to address this unprecedented challenge and to provide clear guidance on this critical issue. This pledge and the diverse group of stakeholders assembled reflects the interconnectedness, but also a commitment to moving forward together.
1: John, this is a voluntary pledge, but what are the details behind it and who's signed on so far?
3: Well, the mayor appeared with uh, some lenders, some banks, um, some landlords, associations, and several of them have signed on to say that they're going to work with renters and work with homeowners and try to come up with ways to not be evicting people who can't make their rent. Um, Several tenants groups came out and just totally ripped the idea uh, right afterwards. Some aldermen too have been very critical of this saying the mayor needs to do more to actually mandate rent relief, mandate uh, an end to evictions. And, And the mayor has consistently said that these are not things she can do, that she can, she can implore people and she can, she can ask people to sign up, and that Chicago, she call, she's, she's calling on Chicagoans the, the virtues of collaboration and sympathy in this time of difficulty for everybody to work together. But you can't do more than that. And, and rent, renters' groups say that that's just not true, and she should be using her, her power to, to help people stay in their apartments rather than relying on lenders uh, to do the right thing.
1: Well, Amanda, over the weekend, we saw this video of a House party on the northwest side. And it's raised some questions about, you know, why are people gathering in large numbers? But it also raises questions about a possible disconnect between politicians, media, and young people in the city, particularly black and brown young people. What are your thoughts around that?
2: The video certainly showed people who appeared to be young and having fun and gathering in close quarters. Again, some were wearing masks, but many were not. And there has been you a know, follow-up of... There are certainly, I think, a lot of people, including elected officials, who are angry that people have been flippant and taken the stay-at-home orders and the spread of the coronavirus lightly. And then individuals as has been quoted, particularly in reporting by the tribe, that has said, hey, wait a second, I, I don't feel like politicians understand my life. So it certainly is, I think, another sign of just, as we talked about, a downstate divide. There are certainly divides within the city, demographic divides where people are living through this very strange, unusual, and difficult time in very disparate ways. And so um, perhaps that video and the attention that it got maybe did bring a new voice to the table here in educating people about the stay at home order. Although um, I know just even having somewhat covered it myself and reading some of the social media commentary, there still seems to be quite a bit of skepticism as to, hey, I I haven't been personally affected. I'm feeling okay. Why Why do I need to stay home? It certainly is. I think Another difficulty here as we fight, again, what has been described as an an invisible war.
1: Well, John, before we wrap, I want to quickly touch on a couple of issues out of CPD. We know that more than 400 Chicago police officers have tested positive for the virus. At the same time, Chicago's new top cop, David Brown, is working to cut down on police overtime spending. And it's one of his first major moves since being sworn in last week. What are some of the big challenges he's facing as he takes over that job?
3: It was interesting that he went right to that, given that, you're dealing with police officers who are all over the city working in really dangerous conditions right now and, and cracking down on on the overtime costs, which annually far exceed the budget is something that the new superintendent said, uh, well, you know, obviously is a, is a top priority and he's now making sure that uh, officers have to go higher up the command ladder to approve overtime so that in theory, it, it doesn't get out of control, um, but the, the new superintendent is also uh, undertaking this new surge where he wants to have more cops in dangerous neighborhoods. He angered a lot of aldermen in safer wards when he did this unilaterally uh, without checking in with them ahead of time. So he's dealing with the politics of that, also trying to get rid of overtime. It's a, He's in a tough situation going into the summer, obviously.
1: Well, before we wrap up, we know we're going to hear another briefing from the Illinois Department of Public Health and Governor Pritzker today at 2.30. Amanda, what will you be listening for?
2: We're going to be looking to see. Part of the reason that we have seen an increase in cases, may be because we've also seen an increase in the number of tests and looking to expand that. There have been calls, for example, in Auburn-Gresham, again, getting back to areas where a lot of uh, black and brown people live. They're saying, hey, we need more testing here, because those are also communities that have been more severely infected by the number of cases. That's something we'll be watching out for, and also the governor's reaction to the latest legal filings. He has been very—condemned President Trump's handling of the coronavirus outbreak for quite some time. But in recent days we've sort of seen him change his tune citing the trump administration's plans for reopening the economy as justification for his past and we're looking for more answers in terms of what he wants to happen in illinois in order for there to be more reopening as this continues
1: and really quickly john from you as you listen to the state update and an update from mayor lightfoot today what will you be listening for
3: you know, it's going to be a warm weekend, so I'm going to be listening for both of them, uh, whether they have any special plans in terms of ramping up police patrols, doing other things to try to make sure that people really uh, adhere to these social distancing rules, because it's going to be summer like this weekend after after a week of pretty miserable weather. People are going to want to be getting outside.
1: That's it for the Friday News Roundup. Thanks to our panel today, Amanda Vinicky of WTTW and John Byrne of the Chicago Tribune. Amanda, John, thanks and take care. Thank you. You too. And that's it for Reset. You can find us on Twitter at WBEZ and you can find me at J White Pub Radio. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And let's talk again soon.